Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Dan Higgins. Dan Higgins has been with EY for more than two decades, serving in a range of leadership roles. He was in London for four years, where he headed the EY Technology Consulting Services for financial services across Europe, Middle East, India, and the African region. Dan has held several leadership roles related to diversity and inclusiveness, regional and global EY consulting, and EY Global Alliances. He has a deep industry experience in client relationships and financial services, insurance, and consumer products and retail. Before joining EY, Dan worked in management and technology consulting firms focused on financial services. He has led many global regulatory technology and operations transformation programs over the course of his career. Well, good afternoon, Dan. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. It's good to be here. You bet, Dan. I appreciate you jumping on, and this is great to connect. Like I said, I do a lot of these internationally, and I'm just glad you're on the show today. So we're going to jump into the questions, Dan. You've got quite the background in technology as a partner consultant, and now you're the global technology consultant leader at EY. Could you share with our audience what drives you and what has contributed to your success? Good question, Brian. There's definitely been this continuous level of fascination with the opportunity for technology and and data to drive real impact and change for business. I think that that ability to accelerate business and operating model change through the use of technology and really bring aspects of humanity into that equation have been really points of inspiration for me. I think I have a natural level of curiosity to explore the new and the emerging and the different. So that's been kind of a personal motivator. I've also really enjoyed helping bring others into the technology domain and watching them succeed and excel. So there's an aspect here of career development and building diverse teams. That's also been really exciting for me You know, in that journey. I started early days with hands-on keyboard and, and evolved into project and program management and then practice management. And that evolution has really forced me, challenged me to kind of broaden my aperture about how I defined, you know, technology from a tool to more of a change agent to eventually something that's pervasive, but also connected to the human enterprise, if you will. Great. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that, Dan. And it is important. Like you, as a technology leader, I I've really enjoy doing some of that mentorship and bringing others on and kind of showing them the way. So I appreciate that. And Dan, how are you helping clients with the extraordinary transformations that they have to undergo as a result of this pandemic? There's definitely a new normal and one that I'm excited about. I'm hopeful that some of the change that's been inspired through this challenging time, lower carbon footprints, more virtual teaming, collaboration, that that we hold on to those things that are important and really use those as opportunities to deliver value in, in some different ways. I think first and foremost, to help our clients, you know, we had to make sure that we had the foundations right for our own teams. And you know, we were by definition a pretty mobile workforce to begin with. And so that pivot for us to more virtual collaboration, more teaming, more remote delivery was fairly straightforward. And, and our CIO and the technology organization that supports our client serving practitioners did an amazing job of making that transition rather seamless for us. But then ensuring 
knowing that, you know, our project teams, the teams working directly with clients were enabled by the right technologies to allow for that collaboration and, and that teaming to happen, you know, around the world seamlessly, ensuring that programs weren't disrupted, their timelines weren't disrupted by some of that pivot. And we didn't always get it right, but I think we made a, a very resilient move through that change to really help our clients. And then I think, you know, maybe a third dimension has been demonstrating what's possible in terms of a new way of delivering projects and programs and value and really leading by example in some of the techniques that we were using and how we were bringing, you know, agile methods into this, you know, into a, a very virtual delivery model. So that's been very important. I think being cognizant of potential for unexpected sources of bias has been an interesting journey in this as well. And, you know, in, in a virtual world, that takes a different form some of the cultural norms that happen in interpersonal interactions live, that dynamic changes in a virtual interaction somewhat. And you, you see different manifestations of, you know, input and decisioning bias that, you know, we've had to really think through in terms of strategic direction of programs and conversations and decisions with clients. So that wasn't something that was as obvious, you know, as maybe the more fundamental things like, you know, enabling technologies to support the virtual collaboration, but it's definitely something we've had to bring into the fore. So I, I think really helping plot a path forward with our clients as, partners in the way we'll embrace more virtual teaming and delivery going forward has been part and parcel of that change and how we're you know, helping clients through this. We have some specific solutions around return to work, around organizational change management, around some of those bias watching mechanisms, et cetera, that are very focused on some of the transition through the pandemic, how we help through different funding mechanisms you know, that were put forward by different government bodies to help you know, support business and individuals during this time. We've been helping to provide access to, provide reporting around, to facilitate that. So we have some very specific things that we pivoted to, to bring to market to help our clients, but also in the way that we delivered. And then we continued our focus on societal value and really how can we do our part, whether it was early days of contact tracing and innovation around that, where we volunteered time to help support some of the developments there, just being present for our people and helping you know, coach a level of resilience and acknowledging the emotional impact that the pandemic was having on the individual. I think we've had to really focus on that aspect of leadership. Leadership. And you know, I personally have been trying to you know, spend more time doing that with my leadership team and asking my leadership team to do that with all of our people and really working with clients proactively to you know, help with that resiliency nature of dealing with you know, really unprecedented times, Brian. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate your share on that. Everybody's had to do some shifting and pivoting. And by and large, we've done a great job of doing that, if that's any silver lining in this pandemic. So Dan, obviously this is a technology platform and you're obviously leveraging some new and emerging technologies in your tech stack. Is there anything you might be able to share with us that's maybe not confidential or non-proprietary, anything that would be helpful for our audience? 
Well, I think we're doing some very interesting things with blockchain and, and not, not just specifically in the space of cryptocurrency. I mean, obviously, as more and more businesses adopt that potentially as, as a way of transacting, we have some specific teams focused on how do you provide audit and assurance around the use of that technology in transactions and the financial flow, but also the distributed ledger technology and how that helps to tokenize various assets and provide a level of trust and automation and acceleration to globally distributed ecosystems. We really like the promise of the technology for that aspect, whether it's you know what we're doing with our ops chain assets to tokenize the supply chain and help take some of the friction and the cost out of you know, movement of assets through the supply chain. You know, we're experimenting with that and trying to help make public contributions through open source to also accelerate the adoption of that in the market and, and you know, business to business, public blockchain transactions at scale, which have yet to come to the fore, we think will. And so we're experimenting in that space. You know, we're obviously paying attention to the promise of 5G and the convergence of that with edge computing and IoT and OT platforms. And so we've been for some time now really focused on building those edge computing, edge platforms into solutions that really bring positive business impact, whether it's you know, how you manage your manufacturing, you know, in shop floor to how you continue to take data from the sensors and make real-time decisions about processes or about controls. I'm um, really looking to help inform much more intelligent automation by some of those technologies. That's been a key focus of ours. And with the promise of 5G in terms of scale and speed, we think that there's some real opportunity there to be had. We do have a, you know, a physical cyber center for IoT and OT where we've been bringing physically or virtually clients through to explore not just the possible business process and transformation and acceleration, through the use of those technologies, but also how you do that in a secure and trusted way. You know, obviously cyber has been a key focus for, you know, it's really been a board level focus for a number of, of institutions that was kind of amplified through the pandemic and the focus and the pressures put on more digital connectivity with employees, with customers, consumers. And so we've really seen a, a palpable change in the level of priority, the sophistication of technology platforms have come to the fore and the real need to start to stitch those components together in a different way as there's no kind of uber platform that handles it all you know really that integrator that understands how the piece parts fit together based upon a risk profile and strategy for organizations it's another area that we're you know investing heavily in as well and maybe the, the the last one i'll mention is really around artificial intelligence and how you know the adoption of ai to really bring not just broader insights faster to a problem statement, but also doing so in an ethically responsible way. We've been trying to strike that balance in the right way and in, in some of the innovation that we've been investing to, you know, to drive. And so it's uh, exciting times for sure in, in the emerging tech space, Brian. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate you sharing that. That's some great nuggets there of what uh, you guys are have accomplished and are accomplishing. So thank you. Dan, last question here. Everybody wants to know a little bit more about Dan Higgins. I understand that you're dedicated to supporting women in technology. How can women, and in fact, all people grow their careers in technology and leadership? Yeah, it's been a journey, you know, I and we obviously don't have it 
figured out fully yet, and there's a lot of work to do. But we've really been trying to focus on diversity in technology, whether that's gender diversity or other aspects of diversity. And really that imperative comes from both a desire to do the right thing, but also a desire, and I'm a competitive person by nature, Brian, the desire to win. And we really arrive, I believe fundamentally, we really arrive at the best answers for our clients and our people when we have diverse perspectives brought into strategic decision-making. And so that diversity in decision-making, that diversity in technology for me is just a personal passion and something that I, you know, I try to drive in really how we run the business here. We have made some specific investments to really amplify our focus on women in technology, including reaching further back into the talent supply chain. You know, if you look at statistics, studies, numbers that have been published around the drop-off rate in STEM and where that occurs, you know, girls aged 13 to 18 are making decisions about what they want to study, who they want to be, you know, in their future working world. And the supply demand equation is tilted in the wrong direction right now. The volume of women technologists coming out of academia and into the workforce is not sufficient to replenish the drop-off that happens in the workforce and the increasing demand for that skill set. So we've got to do something. We've got to do our part to fundamentally shift that equation in a meaningful way that creates more talent flow through those STEM topics and into technology, into data. And so our women in tech, our women in science programs really focused on incenting that passion, exciting and igniting that passion and, and sustaining that, you know, including earlier in one's academic career before they reach their working career. Like I said, that focus also is much more broadly on diversity. And, you know, I think, you know, when I talk to people about my own career, one of the things that I often reflect on is, you know, I wish I had earlier in my career really thought about the potential to have an impact on society or the potential to drive change that wasn't just focused on the specific client issue we were solving, but broadened the equation to also think about society societal factors, because I think there is a real opportunity to make change that serves both the business need and society's need. And I've been really inspired by our clients' embrace of purpose as part and parcel of the business case for business value change that they're trying to drive. You know, like I said, I wish I had you know, really realized and thought about that earlier in my career, because it's something I, I derive a lot of energy from now. You know, I think in not to use a you know an EY catchphrase, but in building a better working world, you know, that has to be part of the equation. Anyway, I hope that helps shed a little bit of light, Brian, on you know what drives me and some of my passions. Absolutely, Dan. I appreciate the share on that. And this is exactly that platform that supports diversity. We've interviewed everybody from around the world, from every type of diversity that you can think of. And we do a lot of features on women in STEM, women in tech, women in leadership. So I appreciate the share on that. And Dan, it was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here, Brian. Thanks for the opportunity. Bye for now.